Hello, beautiful souls. This month's winner of the drawing for a free session with me is Adrian W. That's right, I still do this drawing. Each month, my assistant picks a winner from the names from all of the people who've written a five-star positive review on iTunes or my Google or Facebook business pages. Links in the show notes below. Copy and paste your review to all three places and you're entered to win three times. Don't forget, email me a screenshot so that we know how to reach you when you win. Friends, an additional 16 winners for free sessions with students of the Angel Reiki School were also picked. Those winners' names are in the podcast show notes and over on our Facebook group, the Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe. Don't forget, leave a review today and maybe I'll be announcing your name on an upcoming show. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening Podcast. I'm your angel medium, Julie Jancis, and today we're sharing your angel stories. Why do our angels and loved ones above show us signs? Yes, they want us to know they're okay and at peace, but deeper than that, they want us to connect with them so that they can help us more from the other side. Friends, it all begins with your intuition, vibration, and experiencing oneness. Your intuition is your soul's voice. It's also how your loved ones talk to you from heaven. In this podcast, we teach you how to turn up the volume on your intuition so that you can hear their loving messages more clearly. We also teach you how to raise your vibration and feel your oneness with all that is. Friends, you are here to love, give love, receive love, be love, radiate love. And because your soul is love, all you really ever have to do is just be. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I am here with Cheryl Harris, and today we are talking about her angel stories, and her story of spiritual awakening. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you, Julie. Uh, This is really, truly exciting to be part of this broadcast. I have to say, I've been listening to you now for all year, and you you have helped me through a very difficult year. I have to tell you that. Thank you for letting me know that, but I'm so sorry for your losses. You've had a couple of big losses this year. But you have really been seeing signs from them, from the other side. So let's dive into your angel story first. Okay. So I think it all started, I always say, October 17th, 2018. And that's when I was attending a conference and I got a call that my mom was rushed to the emergency room. My mom had suffered from kidney disease uh, for a few years now. Um, and she was starting to, you know, fail more and more. So when I got to the hospital and I saw how she was, I knew that, you know, if she made it to Christmas, we would be, you know, it would be a, a miracle. I'm an only child. My dad had already passed. So all I, all the burden and everything laid on me. Um, and I had my children, of course, there. But, you know, I mean, you can only, you know, burden them just so much even though they were adults themselves, but, you know, it wasn't like I could go to them and say, you know, real important things about her health care and everything. So she was in and out of the hospital 
from October 17th until December 16th when she finally passed. And, and that one, the night before she passed, that morning she had already started hospice and everything. And um, the whole family came in and they all spent some time with her. And unfortunately, I got stuck in a meeting with the nurses. And so I finally got out of that and I went and I spent some time with her, left and came home, spent some time with my husband and everything. We had dinner and, and I just felt this urge to go back to the, to the nursing home where my mom was. And my mom was a big, she loved Christmas. So the moment she went into the hospital, I kept her TV on Hallmark, on the Hallmark channel because she loved the Hallmark channel. And so I had notes all over her TV. Do not change the channel. She loves this. Don't even shut it off. Let her sleep through it. And so um, that night I went back in and, you know, it, all we had lit up in the room was the TV. And my mom, of course, she was probably at that point starting to drift away. But it was the most peaceful, quiet night that I spent with her. And I just sat there and I just felt like our spirits were connecting and, you know, and I, I did a lot of crying and just spent some time with her and, you know, the nurses would come in every now and then and check on us. And I don't know, after a few hours, I felt like it was okay for me to leave. And so I left. And then the next morning I got up ready to go back in and see her and that's, and I got the call that she had passed. So, you know, that was difficult. And then I read this little message, or I heard this little story about cardinals being a sign. So back up just a little bit, I had to sell my mom's home and pack everything up and move everything out. So I had done all of that the week before my mom had passed. And I went to the not to be dark or anything, but I went to the funeral home to set her up her arrangements. And they said, well, what would you like her to be buried in? And I was like, I packed everything. So I had to go buy her a brand new outfit. And so I found her this really nice outfit. And then I'm like, well, I have to get her something. I wanted her to have something Christmassy, but I didn't want her to have like the gaudy little sweatshirts and stuff. I wanted to be a little festive and everything. Well, I happened to be walking down this aisle and I saw these socks and they had cardinals on them. I said, that's perfect. Because I just heard that cardinals are like the messages from heaven. So it was perfect. It all worked out fine. So it was that the rest of that winter, you know, I mean, we had her uh, cremated. So I brought her ashes home to stay here with me. I worked with the cemetery people and the stone people all through the winter. So my mind and everything, I was busy, you know, tidying up all her things and stuff. So I really didn't get an opportunity to really grieve her loss because um, I was so busy dealing with everything else. And then we finalized everything, was ready to bury her. We decided to do it the day before Mother's Day which was a Saturday and she was being buried two hours away. So it had to, you know, it was an adventure up to Bucksport. And my daughter, um, my daughter and son, their grandfather from my ex-husband passed away just a few days prior to the um, actual burial of my mother. 
So they were grieving for that. They're grieving for their grandmother because they're starting to relive, you know, her death again um, with the burial. So we went out and we did the burial and everything. And then we come back and now we're into June. Now, you know, I'm thinking now we have summer to, to plan out. And I'm at work one day and I get a phone call from my ex-husband and I missed it. And I try calling him back. I'm trying to call my daughter because I'm, I'm like, what is going on? And I finally get him on the phone and he tells me my daughter has passed. And I was just, I was in shock. I, I didn't know what to do. You know, I'll try not to get emotional because I still every now and then tear up every, you know, it comes and it hits you when you least expect it um, with the crying. But I got the call that she had passed. I work with some great people. They completely rallied around me. They rallied around me with my mom and they rallied around me with my daughter. And they came out and all I could say was my mother died. And I was like, no, that's not right. My daughter died. And I was just in shock. And so all I could think of was my grandchildren because she left behind a six-year-old and a 10-year-old. And I needed to get to them and, you know, pull the family unit back together. So I left, got in the car, and I start making phone calls as I'm driving because I want to hear more of what happened to my daughter. So my daughter was 34 years old. Um, she had suffered from an eating disorder for many, many years since she was in junior high. And she was hospitalized a number of times for it. She certainly was depressed. And I, she was very close to my mother. They actually, their birthdays were only 24 hours apart. And so my daughter was born on July 5th. My, my mother was born, uh, was, her birthday was July 6th. So it was a joke that July 4th, 5th, and 6th was a big celebration. So they were very tight and very close. So I think Kim had suffered so many losses in such a short period of time. It was overwhelming for her to, to do and to handle. I think she just, she stopped eating and her heart gave out. Cheryl, um, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Thank you. So we went ahead and we started the, the grieving process and working with the children and everything and started the process of making the arrangements for her. And so we decided to go ahead and we almost mirrored everything from what my mother had for Kim. I mean, she got, um, Kim was big into roses and everything. So was my mother. And so we were able to almost get her the same urn, the same vault, everything. I called up the um, stone people that had done my mom's stone and my grandparents' stone. Now they're two hours away. And Kim's going to be buried now down here in Yarmouth. And I said, how far do you go? It's, an old, it's, a, it's these two old down east men. And they're such, such sweethearts. And he goes by the name of Zeke. I said, Zeke, how far do you travel? And he goes, well, how far do you need to go? And I said, do you remember that cute little blonde that was at my mom's funeral with me? And he said, yes. And I said, that was my daughter and she's passed. And it would mean so much to me if you could bring a stone down for her, her cemetery plot. And he said, absolutely. And I said, I'll make it easy for you. I want it to be exactly like my mom's. 
We'll just change up the name and the date. And he said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. He said, I will let you know it's going to be six weeks out. And I said, that's fine. And so then I proceeded to call the minister who did not only my grandparents, but my mother's funeral. And, and again, Pastor uh, Rick, it, Pete, I mean, is an older gentleman, not of good health. And I called him up and I said, I know this is a long shot, but would you be willing to come down two hours to speak at my daughter's grave for her funeral? Because she really enjoyed what you did for my mother. And he said, absolutely. So all summer long, in the month of July was hard anyway, because it had, it would be that Kim's birthday was a couple of weeks after she had passed. We had my uh, grandson's birthday, which was the end of July. So we knew we couldn't do anything in the month of July. Plus we had family coming in from out of state and everything. We had to wait for the stone to arrive. So once everything came into place, it, we, it turned out we did it the end of August, which was good. So again, all summer long, you know, I'm busy. Uh, I'm like making sure that the stone's coming in, the minister is going to show up, making sure the kids are taken care of, which they are. They're, they're thriving and they're doing very well. They're living with their dad and everything, and they're doing very well. And so the day came of the funeral and everything, and, and I'm mentally preparing myself for it and everything. And so many people showed up for it. And I, all of a sudden, I see the minister start walking down the road toward us. And I walked up to him, and that's when I started to cry. Because that was like the final puzzle. Final puzzle piece that brought everything together. So that was nice. Lovely ceremony and everything. The next day, we had a celebration because my son was having his first baby. And, you know, it, talk about a wild, wild mix of emotions. But it was a great weekend. It brought a lot of family together. We, had the, we celebrated Kim's life and honored her. And it was, it was a day that I'll remember. It was a day I wish I, I didn't have to do, but I had to. So through the course of the of remaining year, um, different little signs would pop up every now and then. One sign, I was looking for something one day in the dining room. And I'm looking all around and I'm looking in all the drawers for this little article that I was looking for. And I'm at the other end of the dining room and I hear this knocking from the other end. And I'm like, no one's around. And I'm wondering what that is. Well, that's where I have Kim's picture and some other little trinkets for Kim. And I go, oh, okay, Kim. And I see this basket underneath my desk and I'm like, I think it's in there. And I pull the basket out. There's a white feather. And there was the article I was looking for. Those were the only two items in that basket. Wow. I know. Wasn't that, it's, it's, was crazy. And then, so I've always been able to feel spirit and be able to channel for other people. And I'm like, why can't I feel Kim? Why can't I hear Kim? Why can't I hear my mother? And and I knew that there was a process, and I knew that Kim would come to me after she had gone through her process. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt her process for my purposes. So it was a few months. A few months later, I happened to be driving home from work, and I was sitting in my car, and I had my hand on the armrest 
And I said, Kim, I, I really hope you're at peace. I love you. I miss you. I would love a sign that you're, you're, you're happy and you're at peace. And I had my hand on there and I could, I felt like somebody was holding my hand and it just felt so comforting. And then I felt somebody hold my shoulder and I, and I felt like that was my mom. And I said, if this is truly you, Kim and mom, give me a sign that this is you. And a car went by and the license plate on it said Mary hyphen Lynn and Lynn is Kim's middle name. And I said, Kim, thank you. Thank you for that sign. I know you're happy and I know you're at peace. And I know she is because every now and then I have heard her whenever I, like in the very beginning, or not in the very beginning, but at one point I did ask her, you know, why? And she said she was just at the point. She had gone so deep down and she saw the light and just felt like she had to go to it. And by the time she had realized she had already gone too far through the light. Yeah. So, but then, so Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, um, we had the family over for Thanksgiving and everything. And I think that's when I reached out to you. I just felt this urge to just reach out to you and everything. And you got right back to me. And I think it was even almost like the, the night before Thanksgiving or something. So I was shocked that you got right back to me. I was so pleased. And we kind of had an exchange back and forth for a little bit that evening. So we have Thanksgiving and the next day I got up and I, I kind of just, I felt lifted, you know, I, I just, I felt like, okay, you're going to be okay through this. Yeah. Um, the next morning I got up, I got a wreath, I put it on Kim's grave and we had also gotten her these, these globes that light up from, you know, they get charged during the day and then they light up at night. Every night, my husband and I, or every Friday night, my husband and I will go out for date night. And we always stop by and visit Kim afterwards. And so that night, it was so cold here in Freeport. I mean, it was bitterly cold. We stopped by to do our, you know, say hello to Kim and everything. And I always take snapshots of her stone. And so I have been taking some snapshots and I'm holding the camera or my phone. And I'm like, what is that? Is that an orb? I think I see an orb flying around. So then I get excited and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I'm snapping pictures and I get in the car and I show my husband. And I said, oh, it's, it's light. He goes, well, it's because you have your flash on. I'm so excited. I don't even know how to shut my flash off at this point. <laughs> so he goes, give me your phone. And I go back out and I'm taping it and I come back in and he goes, Cheryl, that is definitely an orb. Cause you can see this orb just flying around. And it goes right up to, you know, it starts out down at the bottom and then you can see it going up by the actual stone. And I said, now you sure it's not a moth or anything? And he said, have you seen how cold it is? There's no, there's no moths out there. Yes. And so it was, I just felt like it was Kim's way of saying, hi, I'm here. Thank you for the wreath and everything. So I was, I, I share it with certain people because I don't share it with everybody because not everybody gets it, but it was just one more sign that Kim is close by and with me. So I love when we talk about orbs, because what spirit always shows me is that our 
soul to them looks like this orb of just pure white light, right? This just Mm -hmm. radiant orb of light. And it's interesting because our family had a young woman pass away uh, who we were all very, very close to, Stevie. And when she passed, my cousins, I think she might have been 19 or 20 at the time of her passing. But when she passed, my cousins were outside in the driveway and they noticed the same thing. I mean, they were just taking pictures and they were like, Stevie, show us a sign that you're here. They started seeing this orb. What was interesting was when you zoomed in on the orb, it looked like her face, the last picture she ever took. Wow. I mean, it was just so crystal clear. You could see the nose. You could see the eyes. And I haven't seen that very many times. I mean, when you see an orb, I think it's miraculous enough. But every once in a while, I think you can go in and Google it and you can see faces in the orbs. Oh, my gosh. I never did that. I never thought of that. I'm going to have to zoom in on the orbs because I was just so at awe on the fact that it was moving around. And (laughs) I was like, wow. Is anyone else seeing this? That's amazing. Yeah. So did you have one more piece? Yeah. So at work, we do this mentor-mentee program. And so I was asked to be a mentor. And I said, I agreed to it and everything. And I um, went down to um, introduce myself to the the woman I was going to be mentoring. And um, we're talking. And she had just started there. And I noticed some family photos up on her shelf and I said so you know tell me a little bit about yourself and everything and as she's talking she's like these are my children and you know these are my sons and this is my daughter and my daughter passed away a couple of years ago all of a sudden I started getting chills and I let her continue and I said I have to tell you my daughter passed away in June And she said, oh, my goodness. So I think there again. Yeah. Another divine, you know, message that brought us together. She lives right close by as well. So I, I have been surrounded by the most wonderful people that have experienced the loss of a child and and a lot of wonderful people who haven't. Right. One other quick thing, um, a woman that I had met had dropped off some stuff from my house, you know, during the the grieving time there. And her and I wanted to get together and everything and, and just never really made it together to go for a walk or anything. So she sends me, now this is a woman we haven't physically met. We've only, you know, emailed back and forth. She dropped off a meal for me and everything. She lived down the road from me. And I get this um, email from her you know, like a few weeks later. And she said, I'm on my way to the river, but I know he's already gone. She had her son who I was, I think was 18, had drowned in an accident. I know it was so hard. And I was like, so my heart went out to her and we started, you know, you know, texting and everything back and forth that evening. He is buried two sections down from Kim and he was buried the week before Kim was. And so we always check in with each other 
And matter of fact, I got an email from her just the other day that said, hey, I was stopped by to visit Steele. I want you to know I always stop in and visit Kim. And I said, I do the same thing. When I stop to visit Kim, I stop, I go to visit Steele. Um, And even on um, when we had Kim's funeral, I took a couple of roses and brought them over to Steele's grave. So, you know, I said, Kim and Steele are up there together. Yeah, absolutely. She's welcoming him. Friends, I am so excited to announce that we took all of the information from the two e-courses that we've run earlier this year, the Angel Communication e-course and the Manifestation e-course, and we put it into a beautiful package for you to take anytime. If you sign up on our website to take one of these courses, what you're going to get is a beautiful workbook where you have all of the information and different places to write down what you're experiencing as you go through the course. And my friends, in the Manifestation eCourse, there is over five and a half hours of content videos for you to learn from. In the Angel Communication course, there is over six and a half hours of video content for you to learn from. And we are getting such amazing feedback from people who are saying this is so life-changing to be able to hear, feel, see, talk to, and overall in general communicate with your angels. And in the other e-course, we are having so many people email in about the beautiful things that they are manifesting and co-creating in their lives. Friends, if you need help with these things, these e-courses are available for you to take anytime. If you want to support this podcast, please take one of those e-courses, book a one-on-one session with me where I'll bring through messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. Or you can also take the Angel Reiki School. We have the next school coming up May 2nd and 3rd where you'll become an Angel Reiki Master Teacher. If you want to learn all about what's included and how you're going to develop your unique spiritual gifts there, how you're going to use those unique spiritual gifts in your life. Stay on for the very last three minutes of this podcast where we're going to go over all of those details about the school with you. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's jump back into the show. She's making sure that you have your spirit team here because as you've been talking and she's been really coming through, what I see is she she always liked to be good. She had like this kind of perfectionist air to her when she comes through. She's almost like very studious, very particular about the way that she likes things. Just a lovely, lovely human being. And she said, Julie, this is the only thing that I struggled with. Like I didn't have other struggles. This was the only thing. And she said, she keeps pointing to her brain. She says, I need my mom to know I tried so hard to change and to be good, you know, with this. And she says, because I need her to know I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave you. I didn't want to leave the kids. And she said, I would have never left my family. She said, it. she keeps showing me her brain and I don't know much about the disease, but she just keeps showing me that. And she's tying it over with link to alcoholism. Not that she had alcoholism at all, but what they do come through showing me time and time again is that there's something going on with the brain where like they just physically can't make the connection to stop. 
And, and it's not that they don't want to stop. They do. I mean, they want with all of their might to be able Uh to stop, but there's just something within the brain that doesn't allow them to. So she does come through with that. There's a couple other things that she's showing me. I do see it as, you know, sometimes we do have free will. Sometimes it's in our plan to go early. Sometimes there's just subconscious energy there. And what she's just showing me is that there was some sort of subconscious energy with grandma's passing. There's something tied there that made it not okay for you to lose her. I mean, it would never be okay, but just like comfort, right? That at least she's there with grandma. And I do see them both at that place that I call home base on the other side, where they're both taking care of one another. Your mother was really close to her mother because she's in this trio. She's standing with them. But Kim says, make no mistake about it. She's right next to her kids. Does she have a girl and a boy? Yes. Okay. And she's standing next to them. Does her son have glasses? Um, No, unless he's gotten them recently. Okay. She keeps showing me the guy with glasses. Is that your son? Um, He should be wearing glasses. Yeah. I know he has them and he doesn't wear them all the time. I know her dad has glasses too. Okay. She's coming in on the guy with glasses because it's very positively a male. um, And I see like the glasses very clearly. She kept pointing to them. She she needs her brother to know. I think he knows this within his head, but maybe there's some frustration within his heart. Like, why couldn't she just get it under control? And she just like, she's so in tears and she just comes through to him. And she said, you don't know how hard I tried. And I just, she almost comes through like begging him to just forgive her. And she needs him to know that she's not just a part of, you know, your spirit team, dad's spirit team, his spirit team, but also his kids as well, her kids as well. So she said, I'm in, I'm resting, but I'm also able to split my energy because the soul is omnipresent. I'm able to split and do that work at the same time. And she said, I will never stop working for everybody here. Now, did he have a girl? Yes, he did. He okay. did. She, that- she did Sophia. Yeah, we tie so much subconscious energy to different things and we worry as parents. It's how throughout humanity, we've kept our children alive. We've kept the human race alive. And she says he worries, what if this is something that gets passed down to his daughter? And she says it's not. And she said, stop worrying about it because she's not going to have the same struggles. And I'm not sure that he worries about that consciously. I think it's more a subconscious energy, but she just needs him to know she's perfect. She's happy. She's healthy. And she's going to remain that way. She also really comes through showing me that you've really stepped in in a lot of different ways for her children and that you've made, you've almost talked to her, I feel like, and communicated it to her that you will always make sure that her kids know her. And she said, mom, I need you to know a couple of things. Her husband's going to be getting remarried and it's all going to happen very quickly. And that is going to be hard for you. But she says, I need you to know that I brought this person into their lives because because I need them to be happy and I need them to be to to give the love that I'm not there physically to give them. And she said this is a good thing, but I also know that 
he is so warm and this person will be so warm and welcoming of you integrating in the fold too and keeping her memory alive. And they said they want that, they need that, and just thank you so much for being able, um, she's crying when she's talking to you, she just thanks you so much. And she said it wasn't that when you were talking about not hearing her and at first and not wanting to disrupt the piece, right? Uh, not disrupt her process. It's I could see where where that would be kind of a confusing thing. But what really is happening is if you imagine that you're standing next to the ocean, right? And you've got your feet just right at the beginning part where the sand touches the water. And on any normal day, you're going to have these little waves come up and hit your feet, right? And that is normal day-to-day life, these little ups and downs. But when you go through grief, it's like these huge 10-foot waves that are coming in. And now you're just trying to keep your head above water, right? And at the beginning of grief, it's one 10-foot wave after another, after another, after another. And you don't have time to breathe. You can't, you're just surviving, okay? When you're in that energy, you're not tapped into the vibrational frequency where you have to lift and they have to lower their energy to meet them. What happens is when we start to come out and those waves start to become fewer and farther between, I mean, grief never goes away. Spirit shows me that throughout your entire life, you don't know when one of those 10-foot waves of grief is going to hit, but they do space out further and further, right? And it's in those spaces, it's in that stillness, that silence, that high vibrational frequency where we're able to connect. And she says, my mom is so intuitive. You've always been intuitive. You got it from your mom. Uh, Your mom got it from her mom. And she said, there isn't going to be a time again in your life where you can't hear me, you can't connect with me. And I asked her to bring it back to me three times. I don't know if this is something significant or if it's going to be coming up. She keeps showing me this key and I've never seen this before, but she keeps holding this key and she keeps making me feel like the key is for you. The key is connected to you somehow. And the other thing is work. You're, you're in the right space. You're in the right place. And she just says, keep going. That's very interesting to hear that right now. Yeah. Because I've been totally questioning that for the last week or two. Really? So, yeah, seriously. And the key, so um, going through my mom's things, we, I found this key to, I don't know what it goes to. I have no idea. And I, I think it's, I don't know. I am going to the locksmith where it was made because it's stamped on it where it was made to find out what this key goes to. Cause it clearly goes to like a storage unit or something. I don't know. Okay. So. It's also a symbol for you in some way. I feel like you're going to start to find keys and I've never seen this as a symbol, but it's just symbolizing to me what she's showing me that you are so intuitive, but sometimes you come in and doubt yourself. Is that really her? Like you got the sign in the car, but then you ask for the sign on top of it. I'm guilty of doing that too, but we come in, we self doubt, right? And that's the egoic mind. So the key is a representation that it's true that you are really seeing it 
and that they're connecting with you. All right. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Oh my my gosh. gosh. This is so wonderful. I needed this today. And I'm so glad we're doing this today because today is my son's birthday. Wow. And they're all coming here later tonight for a birthday celebration. So good. This is so perfect. Thank you, Cheryl. I am so, so sorry for all of the losses that you have been through, but um, I just need you to know that they are so there with you. And she makes me feel like you're going to listen to this again and pull more information from it. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Oh, well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course, of course. If I could leave you with one more thing, what she was telling me was that it was important for us to connect at this time too. So I feel like the timing is meant to be. Yes, I agree. Totally. Totally. Oh, will you enjoy your son's birthday and know that she will be there celebrating with you? I will. Thank you so much. Oh, you too. Thank you. Of course. You have a blessed day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Cheryl. Bye. So a few days after my conversation with Cheryl, she wrote me an email which says, Hi, Julie. I wanted to thank you again for yesterday. As I reflect back on your messages from Kim, I am in awe at how spot on you were. The comment about my work was crazy as I have been thinking of leaving the last couple of weeks and I haven't shared that with anyone. So for her to mention staying was incredible. Then the comment about the woman in my grandkids' life. There is one, and she is great with the kids. She and her family have really taken them in like they were family. Kim getting emotional and crying while talking with you is totally Kim. You were spot on about her always wanting to be perfect and having troubles with depression. All of that on top of her eating disorder and the deaths was too much for her. You were right that Kim was with us on the night of my son's birthday. We took tons of pictures, but one of them we took was Ryan holding his cake. We captured another orb that moved up from his chest to his chin, and then it went down on the other side of him. It was very clear. The orb didn't appear in any other photos. It was the same orb and color as the one at the cemetery. Thank you again, Julie. You gave me a gift yesterday that I needed for some closure. Blessings, Cheryl. Cheryl, thank you so, so much for being on the show and writing in with this information. I am so, so very sorry for your losses, but I know that you know how to connect with Kim and with your mom, and I know that doing so more and more on your own is going to give you an immense amount of comfort. That relationship that we develop with them on the other side, it is not as having a physical relationship with somebody here on earth where you can just take them and grab them and hug them, but it is the next best thing. And it really is all we have. So learning to develop your relationship with your loved ones on the other side, it's not only so important for us and our well-being, it's important for them as well. They need it too. So thank you, Cheryl, for writing in and updating us with this message. Be 
beautiful souls, we have so many freebies to help serve you, your family, and friends. Want a weekly message from your angels emailed to you? Sign up on my website to receive a weekly message of love, hope, and healing from the angels. Do you have a prayer request? Go to the homepage of my website and submit your prayer request so that our team of prayer warriors can be praying for you daily. Want to learn more about the angels and energy healing? Subscribe to my YouTube channel called Julie Jancis to learn more about the angels, energy healing techniques, and so much more. One of the biggest things we hear from our listeners is that they have no one to talk to about their spiritual awakening. We created a private Facebook group called the Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe so that you could connect with others like you and know that you're not alone. So be sure to join this group on Facebook to get the support you need. Want a free session? We plan to give away over 240 free sessions with students in the Angel School per year. To win a free session, subscribe and rate this podcast five stars. Then write a positive review and email us a screenshot. That way, we know who to contact when you win. Want to share your uplifting angel story on the podcast? Because we love sharing them. Please write down your angel story and email it to us. Don't forget, be an angel and share this podcast with someone who needs it. See you back here next time for another episode of the Angels and Awakening podcast. Friends, if you feel the calling to be a healer or to learn more about energy so that you as an empathic person, as a highly sensitive person, can learn how to clear out your own energy, if you really feel called to take action and become a healer to fulfill your soul's purpose in this lifetime, then the Angel Reiki School is so for you. Imagine what your life would be like when you know how to use your unique spiritual gifts, whether that's connecting with angels, mediumship, intuition, seeing color, or really having the power to heal with your hands to help others make huge changes in their lives. We have an upcoming Angel Reiki School on Saturday, May 2nd and Sunday, May 3rd. This is held at the Hilton Doubletree in Lyle, Illinois. We get together all day Saturday from about 8.30 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. and we are working all day long on helping you develop your spiritual gifts, helping you understand energy more. And then we come together on Sunday from about 9 a.m. till about 12.30 p.m. and we're honing in your gifts. My friends, I keep the class sizes small on purpose for a reason because it allows me to really help each individual connect with their unique spiritual gifts and really hone in on what that is and how to use it with other people. Because my friends, each one of us does have a unique gift. And the angel Reiki method that I created is really about bridging different forms of healing. It's not 100% Reiki. It is really a unique system of healing. It's about learning energy so that you can help people 
clear energy out of their aura, their chakras, their body. But then it's also about understanding what your spiritual gift is. And that could be so many different things. But once you understand your unique spiritual gift, you can use it to help that person go even deeper into their healing. So that's what the angel school is. It's really a bridge of both energy healing and you developing your unique gifts so that you know how to use it to not just help yourself, but to help others as well. Friends, I was called to create the angel Reiki method during a vision where I saw spirit showing me how the planet will come to a place of peace. Spirit says that the 7.5 billion people on earth will not come to a place of peace using the same healing path, but instead by healers rising up and creating new paths of healing based on their unique spiritual gifts. Friends, if I hadn't listened to the little voice calling me to become a healer, I would still be working in corporate America miserable. And what spirit wants you to know is that you have to listen to your heart. Because when you are called to be a healer, that calling doesn't go away. You might try and push it off for five years, 10 years, 20 years. But my friends, it is still going to be there. I have had women come into my office who have said, you know what, Julie, I'm a widow now and I am in my 80s, but this is what I have always felt called to do and this is what I'm doing and I'm starting it now. So there's no age limit, but the sooner that we do this, we feel fulfilled in our souls. We feel so alive and that's what I want for you. I want you to have that fulfillment. I want you to get that by touching the lives, the souls that you're here to help in this lifetime. So if the Angel Reiki School is something that you feel called to, definitely uh, go over to my website or reach out to the office. We will get you all registered and ready to go for the May 2nd and 3rd Angel Reiki School. Thank you so much, friends. Sending you peace, bliss, and many, many blessings.